Whether it's because your allergist has asked you to test an allergen to see if you're still allergic or simply because it's a new experience, it's absolutely common to feel overwhelmed about oral food challenges. Many feel nervous or anxious when considering or preparing for a food challenge. In this episode of Exploring Food Allergy Families, fellow allergy-informed therapist Fawn McNeil Haber and I will share tips to help you prepare for and navigate through these food challenges. Whether you're a parent getting ready for your child's challenge or you're prepping for your own, the guidance offered in this episode will be helpful. Also, you can find oral food challenge preparation worksheets for kids, teens, and adults in the worksheets section of the Food Allergy Counselor website at www.foodallergycounselor.com. So let's explore how to manage oral food challenge anxiety. Welcome to Exploring Food Allergy Families, a podcast with real talk, relatable conversations, and practical tips focused on navigating the impacts that food allergies have on families, relationships, and mental health. I'm Tamara Hubbard licensed therapist, and the host of Exploring Food Allergy Families. Please remember that while this podcast offers general advice, it should never replace medical or mental health care guidance from your own healthcare team. Joining me today for our discussion on how to manage oral food challenge anxiety is psychologist Fawn McNeil-Haber. Fawn is a licensed clinical psychologist and food allergy mom in private practice who specializes in working with anxiety and trauma in adults, teens, and children. She and her team of therapists at Brave Mind Psychological Services in Scotch Plains, New Jersey, are passionate about providing food allergy-informed psychotherapy so individuals and families can be brave and embrace life to the fullest, even with food allergies. Thanks so much for joining me today, Fawn. Have you been holding up this past year with the pandemic and and all of that? (laughs) Oh, it's been quite a journey and we're holding up pretty well. We're holding up pretty well. We have a whole new vocabulary set after this year of the pandemic, right? Um, Effectively, Mm -hmm. the word pivot, which many of us know from (laughs) friends, has now been ruined because it's associated with school, right? (laughs) Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's a bummer. That was my favorite episode. Anyhow. (laughs) Let's jump right in and uh, talk about our today today's topic for this episode, uh, tips for managing the oral food challenge anxiety. Um, now, in addition to being allergy-informed licensed behavioral healthcare providers, you and I are both moms of kids managing food allergies, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you guys done oral food challenges? I know in this family, we have. Uh, yes, we spent the summer doing 12. 12? Knocking wow. out those tree nuts. They were all successful. We okay. had never had any reactions with tree nuts. So everyone was very optimistic about um, the process. And so they they were they were successful. And, and it's exciting. Yeah. And you know, from previous episodes that we've had quite a range of experience. We've had our share of reactions. We've had yeah. um, OIT. We, we've had a variety. So yeah. this, was, this was an interesting summer. It's definitely um, different when you're going into an oral food challenge with a good understanding that it's probably going to to be okay and you're going to you know pass. I hate to use the pass fail language, but just to sort of sum that up, pass you know pass that challenge because you're not likely allergic to it anyhow. Um, and in case people aren't familiar with what oral food challenges are, they're basically allergen consumption challenges and they're supervised by by an allergist. So this happens in the allergist office uh, with their guidance, very specific doses. And um, let's just cover too why people might do 
do oral food challenges or why an allergist might suggest one. Um, I know, you know, they're a diagnostic tool, right. To confirm allergies. They're the gold standard we hear a lot. Definitely. Definitely. And, and we know that with skin tests and blood tests, there can be many false positives and really the standard is, can you consume the food? And so an oral food challenge comes into play with determining, can you consume the food to prevent avoidance when avoidance isn't necessary? Right, right. So for example, using your um, last summer as an example with the 12 oral food challenges, you had a good inkling that they, they would pass them that they're not actually allergic to the tree nuts. However, even if you have a good idea that you're going to pass and you're not going to be allergic to something, it still brings anxiety when you think about doing an oral food challenge. A great deal of anxiety, not mm-hmm. just if you are pretty sure you're going to pass, but I think especially so when you think that it's gotten better, that you've had a reaction in the past, but the yeah. allergist is confident that your child has grown out of it or that there's reason to believe that they would pass, it, it stirs up anxiety. What if that's not the case? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's important for us to normalize this anxiety um, that you're being asked to ingest something that you either know you're allergic to or have been allergic to, or, mm-hmm. you know, possibly could be allergic to, um, or, you know, wondering if your body has developed a new allergy. So that's mm-hmm. going to be that uncertainty and unpredictability is going to bring anxiety. And that is normal right? To, yes, to, to experience absolutely. that. Yeah. I think that's important for absolutely. us to really highlight because I think sometimes people, their goal might be, okay, how can we approach this without anxiety? And I would say to them, well, I don't know that that's a realistic goal. However, we could help you approach this with less anxiety or tips to manage that anxiety. Absolutely. Anytime you're talking about something that can, that, that could hurt and make yeah. you sick or something, your body is going to react. Your body's just going to react and it's going to say, whoa, slow down. I don't know about this. And it's just a physiological response that we have. And so no matter how much we're like, okay, we're, we're, you know, the, the doctor is really confident. I'm confident your body's still going to have that response. It's it's, that slows us down. It's supposed to. It's right. supposed to have that response that you, you need to think about this response. Yeah. Yeah. Your mind and your body are just doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're doing their job. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, sometimes they do that too well, and then it results in excess anxiety and worry. So um, let's let's use this episode to share some tips and strategies or some thoughts to help people uh, prepare for oral, oral food challenges. And then let's share some ideas and tips to help them through the food challenges. So let's start off with preparing for, for oral food challenges. Um, what are some things that you share with your clients and I can throw some things into? Yeah. So one of the things that made me um, really exciting, excited was I read a study that looked at 6,327 oral food challenges That's and what they found under the age of 18. And okay. what they found was that the majority of participants 86% had absolutely no reaction. That's a all. large number. And that for in a large study too, a large it's, percentage in a large study. It's huge. Yeah. And an additional 14% had a mild reaction. Okay. So a mild reaction and the 2% had an anaphylactic reaction. And I think those numbers are really important. And I like to hold that up against yeah. what we know about kids who have food allergies in general or food allergies in general is that 
if we look at the general population of people who have food allergies, particularly kids who have food allergies, about 40% will experience an anaphylactic reaction. Yeah. So yeah. when we when we look at that in relation to an oral food challenge, it just reminds us that when these board certified allergists make this decision that we can move forward with this, mm-hmm. it, it's backed by science, it's backed by um, numbers that they that they're making uh, an important decision and, a, and a, a scientifically based decision at that time. It's not just like, oh, let's try this. Yeah, I think that's, like you said, a really important distinction to make because our minds, again, are going to do what they do best by trying to remind mm-hmm. us we need to keep ourselves safe and this feels unsafe. So we can counteract that with this, you know, hey, there have been large studies and a large portion of participants have mm-hmm. not reacted or had a very mild reaction. On top of that, these allergists who are doing oral food challenges are are probably doing them handfuls at a time a day, right? So this isn't, mm-hmm. this is something they mm-hmm. do regularly with clients yes. and patients. So they have procedures, they know what they're looking for. Um, so again, to back up the data in, in practical terms, in reality, they know what they're doing. And like you said, they're not going to suggest this if they didn't think this is something that's either a beneficial or um, something that, you know, is, is safe enough to do. Yeah. And I'd like to throw out there that an anaphylactic reaction could be a couple of hives and a cough. Right. You know, in the allergist office, that's enough. Right. right. <laughs> we're, we're good at that point. They don't um, need a full-blown reaction to say, no, it, no this isn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Um, so that's one of the things that I like to start with, just to orient that piece. The other thing that I think is really important for parents, kids, as as well as individuals, adults with food allergies, is to make sure that everyone's on board for this. I think sometimes um, we get really excited and want to encourage our loved ones to do something to that they shouldn't have to avoid something that they're they're probably not allergic to that they and we may we may encourage or push, but it's really important that everybody feel like all their questions are answered and that everybody's on board before moving forward. That really everybody understands. That is so, so true. And um, I'm family therapy trained. So I I think Mm -hmm. about things as systems anyhow. And so when when you're talking about that, what's coming to mind, and I've seen this in my own patients, um, but what's coming to mind is a, a parent who has a child who's maybe three, four, five, who is preparing for an oral food challenge under the guidance of the allergist, of course, because maybe the Mm -hmm. allergist recommended it. Um, That child isn't necessarily going to understand what's happening. And so the parent might be excited and wanting to do this. And so it's going to take some, you know, age appropriate discussion with the child to help them understand why we would potentially be, you know, eating an allergen that we've been saying don't eat. Um, And then if you look at that and compare that to perhaps a teenager who has an understanding of what the oral food challenge is about and the goals and why they're doing it, um, the potential resistance you might experience from either is going to be completely different. So when you talk about, you know, this difference between maybe the parents are excited because there's hope and there's information that we can get from an oral food challenge. And then you think about, okay, are the kids on board? That's going to look really different depending on the age of the child and what they understand or don't understand. Yes. Yes. Because when you think about teenagers, they really have to want this, right? They, they're how you go about 
approaching resistance is going to be different because teens really have to want to do this, that this is something that they're looking to conquer also. Mm -hmm. While with a five-year-old, there is a lot of emphasis on how the parent presents it and how the parent walks them through it and Mm -hmm. helps them manage this process, most definitely. And then you think about yourself. Sometimes you know, we want to push ourselves into something that maybe we need to kind of slow down and really understand and help ourselves through it, journey through the process as opposed to um, rushing forward. Yeah. Well, hope is a wonderful emotion, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When we felt like, oh gosh, I'm not sure if my my child or I'm ever going to outgrow this. And suddenly, you know, your allergist says, hey, let's try this. And because I feel like you might be outgrowing it, there's a huge dose of hope. And so we get excited, but I think what you said is important to repeat. Sometimes we need to slow down Um, and maybe it's, we need to slow down for ourselves or it's, we need to slow down for our child. So when we think about preparing for the food challenges, um, let's talk about normalizing the child's anxiety. Because again, we talked about that there is going to be anxiety for ourselves and for our children and talk a little bit too about preparing as a parent who might feel nervous ourselves to help our child be prepared and ready to do this. Absolutely. And I'm going to throw into our conversation Mm -hmm. the fact that anxiety symptoms can look like anaphylactic symptoms. So important to throw in, throw that in there. Yep. Yes. Because as we're thinking about our, our child's anxiety or our own anxiety regarding doing a food challenge, we really do need to highlight those, those differences and those similarities so we yeah. can manage um, that process. But yes, anxiety is completely normal. And it, it once, once that fight or flight reaction, once, once that part of our brain that gets going, that's like, I'm not sure this is safe, it actually causes this chain reaction where mm-hmm. our heart might start racing, our, our stomach gets into knots, or we start to feel tingly in our fingers and, and start to have thoughts about yeah. what's happening, what this could be. And really understanding kind of that process is a normal process that our body might might be physically responding to this. Yeah. I, I typically will, I don't know how you approach this too. I will encourage patients um, or clients to um, pay attention to what happens to their body as well as their mm-hmm. mind, really their body. Cause I feel like we tend to pay attention to what happens to our mind when we're anxious, mm-hmm. our, our thoughts race, we start to feel like, you know, we can't think clearly, um, but paying attention to their body when their body's under stress or anxiety in situations that they know are not related to anything, food or food allergy. So for example, you know, if they find themselves getting nervous at school before public speaking, what happens mm-hmm. to your body? Understand what happens when you're anxious. And that might actually help them understand the difference between, okay, an allergic reaction potentially, or this is what my body does when I'm anxious. And now I'm thinking about this challenge and I'm getting anxious. Yes. It's so important to know our own bodies because then we can start to distinguish between what is, what is, is a reaction for me and what is this anxious feeling that I might be feeling that might respond to some tools to calm it down, um, which is very different from an anaphylactic reaction. But yes, knowing your body. The other piece that I'll add to that is 
Yes, I completely agree with you. People tend to be very aware of the thoughts that they're having. Mm -hmm. And once you know your body, you can start to get a sense of that interplay between your body and your thoughts. Because once once your heart starts racing or your stomach gets a little bit into knots, your mind starts going through the things that could be wrong. Yeah. And once you start going through those things that could be wrong, your body starts to be like, ooh, that, there's a bunch of things that could be wrong. Maybe yeah. I ought to beat even faster. Maybe I ought to tie up into even more knots. And there can be this back and forth interplay yeah. that I even call this, this spiral that can happen that as you get to know your body, you can notice what you're saying to yourself as not to send that spiral going to make it go on its own. Yeah, so really- for those who find themselves getting anxious as we've normalized and you might, Mm -hmm. but feeling very anxious as they think about and prepare for these challenges, trying some uh, anxiety management strategies to see if your body and your mind responds to that Mm -hmm. um, is going to be a helpful way to distinguish between this is just anxiety and stress I'm feeling versus something that's happening. And again, I, I you can take that with you to the challenges. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You can use that beforehand to prepare and, and help calm your body before the challenge. But like you said, yeah. at the challenge, if you're, you know, feeling your stomach feeling a little funny, you can start talking to yourself and calming yourself down and doing some of these strategies. Yeah. And see, does that calm my body down or is that not really calming my body down? Yeah, very, very important. And I would imagine too, I know um, I do this with my clients, um, preparing, and that might even look like role-playing ahead of time. Do you do that? Do you recommend to parents to do that, to prepare, to actually practice how this might go before the, the actual appointment? Sometimes, sometimes, certainly depending on the child. Yeah. Yeah, it's it can be good for them to, you know, anticipate a little bit. But again, we don't want them to do too much anticipation. It's interesting because I'll have conversations with some clients where um, you know, they'll ask me, should I how far in advance should I tell my child about this appointment? Mm-hmm. And my response is always, well, that depends, right? It depends mm-hmm. on your yep. child and you know your child yep. best. And again, mm-hmm. depends on the age of the child. It yep. depends on how anxious they tend to be. Um, how much they might ruminate or overthink it if you're telling yeah. them way in advance. Um, do you find the same thing when you're when you get asked a Absolutely. similar question? Absolutely, because then you you have those kids that want to know and right. want to feel prepared and that you can empower. And then you have other kids that perhaps the doctor is talking about doing this and yeah. they're on board for doing this. But the idea of telling them the exact date well ahead of time is only going to create more anxiety. Yeah. Rather than saying, okay, I'm going to give them a little bit of time ahead of time. They've already given their, their um, okay, that this is something that they're willing to do. But when it comes time to like when it's going to happen, yeah, really gauging when, when to share that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, and again, that's going to be something everyone's going to need to decide based on a, a host of variables, but um, it's, I want to just give permission to people. It's okay not to tell them weeks in advance. You as a parent yes. may need weeks in advance to prepare yourself for this and get your yeah. mindset into a space where you can, you know, age appropriately have honest conversations with them without, you know, exhibiting tons of anxiety and, 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 making the child anxious, but so you may, ne- you may need that time and that might be beneficial, but it's okay if, if you don't give your child weeks of notice in advance. And I just like to highlight what you said about, um, 
managing your anxiety as a parent, because you really do need to approach this with all of that kind of calmed down or in the background Mm -hmm. um, when you're with your child, both at the the challenge as well as ahead of time, because they need to see your confidence. They need to see your strength Mm -hmm. and your support if they're feeling anxious or expressing that anxiety, but you want to be very careful about them feeling like, oh, you're, you're worried about that. This could be a problem. Oh my goodness. If you're worried, what does that mean? I use the analogy of um, when kids trip or fall, uh, Mm. when they're little, they're toddlers (laughs) and and what do they typically do? They look back at mom or dad or whomever (laughs) they're with to kind of gauge, are they freaking out or are they calm? And then kind of use that as a, you know, should I be freaking out or should I be calm? I used to say touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So now do your older kids, when they trip, do they say touchdown? No, they don't even remember. But yeah, I I think what you're saying is absolutely true because they look back and they're like, oh, I guess I'm fine. And you're looking like, oh, goodness, you're you're bleeding. Um, And then then we break down later. I mean, that's okay. As parents, we can have those feelings and we can let them out later. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And we should. And we we should should let them out. We should have some place. where we can let them out and where we can talk about them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's move into now navigating the actual oral food challenge appointment, both for the Mm -hmm. patients and the parents. Um, What are your thoughts? What are some thoughts and tips that you share for the actual doing the appointment? So one of the big things that I like to um, share with parents and with food allergy individuals is to have certain, have a few tools in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones there, there's a bunch of ones that are, are more kind of empowerment and anxiety, but one of the ones I'm going to throw out there that, that is combining tough things with fun things yeah, and that. having what you're going to do, whether it is electronics, whether it's playing a game, whether it's reading a book, whether it's a novel, um, a novel thing for yourself and something that's going to draw your attention and distract you mm-hmm. somewhat from the process. And I think, you know, with anxiety, um, as a psychologist, I'm all about not avoiding anxiety, but yeah. this is definitely one place where having other fun things to tap into that part of the brain, the playful side, the creative side, the fun side, yeah. which combats that anxious side is really helpful. Right. So rather than this being avoiding, like you said, it's not avoiding anxiety. It's just Mm -hmm. trying to balance it out a little bit, neutralize it a little, if you will, right? Wrap up some new fun toys. Like, and I'm talking Mm -hmm. little things. This is not like, you know, (laughs) I mean, everyone can make their own decisions, but you don't have to go out and buy a ton of stuff, but maybe it's a new novel, little um, connect the dot book, or, you know, they can download a new game on their iPad or something like that. Um, Absolutely. Or even, you know, sometimes we have a bunch of toys out that they haven't played with. Sometimes it could even be like hiding some of those toys. (laughs) So that, you know, when it comes out, it's like, oh my goodness, I didn't, did I have that? I don't know. know. It's here now. I don't know about you. That tends to happen in my house when I'm going to have a garage sale or donate something to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a charity and suddenly they're like, oh, yeah, no, let's keep that. I didn't, and you know, yeah. and I'm like, you don't have I to play that. with that. But yeah, in this situation, that could be good. So on that note of combining tough things with fun things, one of the things that I have recommended, and I we have used this ourselves, and I actually suggested this to our allergists, I would bring bean boozled jelly beans. 
<laughs> Take talk about taking one for the team. If you're not familiar with Bean Boozled jelly beans, um, they are it's it's a little pack of jelly beans, and they're similar colors. But for instance, mm-hmm. green could either be um, grass clippings or lime. <laughs> Um, white could be coconut or, um, dirty baby wipes. Yep. So (laughs) dog canned food, uh, canned food was one of those. Yep. So in any case, what we would do is every time my son had to take a dose, my husband or I would pick it. He, and he would pick it. He would spin the thin thing and he would pick it. And then we'd keep track on the whiteboard in the appointment room. Uh, and for whatever reason it, I tended to get the bad ones. So, <laughs> but it took his mind off of things and we were both dosing and I yeah. could genuinely say, Oh, this tastes gross. How hard is this for you? Okay. We can both do this. Right. So yes. I found that to be, so I recommend that to parents and I just say, sorry, take one for the team. What a win. That's absolutely a win. Awesome. And I'll actually share a fail. So okay. one of the things, you know, we did, we had our summer of tree nuts, but we also at another time did mustard okay. and we brought mustard in to do this oral food challenge. And you know what we didn't bring in? Huh. Anything to go with that mustard. Oh no. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> and as you can imagine, trying to convince a seven-year-old to just <laughs> eat mustard. You know, <laughs> and, I wouldn't um, want to do that. <laughs> oh, that's no, rough. no, no one wants to do that. And oh, it was, God. it was quite the fail. And it really brought to our attention the, the planning to, to really be thinking about, okay, what, what am I going to, cause we had done the nuts and you just pop nuts yeah. in your mouth yeah, and it just didn't, you know, it wasn't until we were there that it dawned on us like, okay, we, we, you actually do need to think about how is this going to be? Um, something that they can consume nicely. Yeah. So. so that's a that's a preparation tip, but also a tip for yes. the day of make sure that you yes. bring something um, approved, obviously by the allergist or yes. the office uh, yes. that they can put the allergen in to make it more palatable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good Absolutely. reminder. Yeah. <laughs> what other tips for the day of um, or strategies do you find that's helpful for your your clients going through an oral challenge? Having a mantra, coming up with, you know, that self-talk and you and I have talked about self-talk before and we kind of alluded to it earlier with what we say to ourselves and how that can um, send that anxiety spiraling if Mm -hmm. we're we're saying um, something that suggests that we're unsafe, but really having some phrases ahead of time that we can say to ourselves about I'm brave, I can do this. We've planned for this. The doctor has planned for this, but really something that can um, respond to that part of our brain that we can do this. And having that mantra ahead of time, because when you're in the moment, sometimes it can be hard yeah. to grab onto it. And we might we might automatically go to some thought that's actually not helpful for us. But having something ahead of time, even on the way there that we might want to say to ourselves or that our child might want to say to themselves, but having that planned ahead of time. That's great. And that, again, can that can connect with a preparation activity where Mm -hmm. you I mean, you know, teenagers might roll their eyes, but they're listening. And so if you Mm -hmm. even with them say, hey, on your phone, can you, you know, draft up some things to remind yourself about that is, you know, going to help you get through it. And for kids, you can prepare that on note cards or on a piece of paper. And when you're there, say, okay, which one are we going to practice saying right now? 
right? And which one are we going to really think about right now? And But get them involved in that. I love that. That's a great one. Absolutely. And as adults, sometimes we feel like, oh, we don't need to do that for ourselves. Oh, but we do. You, you, you going through that process, it helps you because then in the moment you have that in your head, you can grab hold of it if you need it. Yeah. I will say to myself, I can do hard things. Mm-hmm. And I will use that for something such as this or yes. something such as getting on my Peloton and doing a ride when I don't feel like it, right? Like you can yes. use it for what uh, different degrees of hard things, right? But it still means the same thing. I don't have to like it, but I can do it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then we can fold into parents who are there, you know, having something that you're saying to yourself to help you be strong right. for your child. Yeah, that's, that's so important. So what anything else that you feel would be helpful for parents or um, patients themselves to prepare and have for the actual appointment strategies to help them through that? The other thing I'll throw out there for parents to be careful about is that balance between checking in on how your child's doing and seeming overly are you okay? How does your stomach feel? How are you breathing? Like, can I see this? Can I see that? Kind of, you got to get a little stealth with that. Yeah. Uh That is very hard. That, that hypervigilance is Mm -hmm. just a natural reaction to our own anxiety. Um, but you're right. That can bring out something in the kid saying, why are they keep checking so much? Should I be again, that, that, uh, that analogy of tripping and falling and them assessing your reaction. That's kind of similar here. Yes. And so really, you know, taking that low key um, approach to what's going on and and having putting on your game face and being there in that way to help keep them calm. And the last thing um, that I'll throw out there is, you know, certainly let your allergist know if you're having, you know, obviously if you're having stomach pain or you feel like you're breathing a little funny. You have to let the allergist know, but you can also do things like um, slow breathing. So right. slow breathing is taking that inhale through your nose, like you're breathing the flowers, exhaling slowly, like you're blowing out candles mm-hmm. and you're, you're that, that part of your brain is spying to say, oh, okay, if we're breathing slowly, something must not be chasing us. Something that must right. not be trying to hurt us. We, we must be safe. And if your body calms down in relation to that, that's something that you can, you can share that with the allergist. Oh, I, yeah. actually, I, I'm feeling a little bit better. I, I'm maintaining that calmness. So yeah. as, as you start to think about, okay, what is a reaction for me and what is my anxiety going and how do I keep my body calm so that we can really kind of focus on just this being about the food? Yeah, that's a great, great, great point there is, you know, again, using those strategies and telling your allergist, I'm, I'm going to try this and see if this changes because they can't, the allergist can't see what's happening inside mm-hmm. your body. To that point, mm-hmm. I'll add one more tip that might be helpful from our own experiences. Um, my son asked when we would, were doing challenges, and I thought this was a great question, and I'm sure kids think about this. How do the how do the allergists and the nurses know what's happening in my body when I'm taking a dose of my allergen? Mm. And I thought, wow, that's a great question. So how I chose to answer this was, you know how they have you hooked up where they check your, you know, your your heart rate, they check your vitals, they check your breathing, they listen to you, they come check your skin. All of those ways of checking and that information is telling them what's happening inside your body. 
Mm-hmm. And that seemed mm-hmm. to help him understand that, okay, they there is a way for them to know what is happening by mm-hmm. using this information. And I think that could be an important thing to share with, with your kids or your teens or yourself to help mm-hmm. you understand that they do have ways of knowing what's happening, even if you can't verbalize it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So any last thoughts that we feel are important to share for with those that are thinking about preparing for or going to do more challenge food challenges? I would say give yourself that space to experience whatever feelings you're having to manage them and to step into what right next steps there are for you, whether that's um, going and doing the food challenge, empowering yourself, whether that's taking a moment and planning it a little further out but Mm -hmm. really kind of tapping into yourself and what is needed in this moment for yourself or for yourself and your child. Yeah. So we don't need rigidity unless the allergist Mm -hmm. is saying it has to be done now. Um, Know that you can change your mind. You can Mm -hmm. say, let's do it at another time. Um, You can Mm -hmm. have that conversation with your allergist about that. I love that. Give yourself space and time. Yeah. Okay. So before we end, I've got a new final question for all my guests this season. Um, So here goes. The question this season I'm asking is, one way people can build confidence in living with a food allergy is by doing what? Oh, you sent this question ahead of time. And I feel like I've already (laughs) said some of the things that I had thought about. One of the big ones is knowing yourself, like knowing yourself and teaching your child to know themselves so that they can express how they're feeling. I think, I think that so often we, um, we judge ourselves for feeling a certain way or being nervous about a certain thing or not being able to do something on our own. And the more that we can, you know, accept that our experience is our experience in this moment. Yeah. And what do we need to do for ourselves to move forward and empower ourselves the more we can focus on what our next step is as opposed to beating ourselves up for being where we currently are. I love that. Yeah. Less judgment, more compassion. Yeah. And 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 know ourselves and be okay with ourselves, right? If we're not ready for a challenge, we're not ready and that's okay. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And finally, where can people learn more about you, your private practice, connect with you? Yes, we are Brave Mind Psychological Services in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. Um, that's bravemindsnj.com. And we have a bunch of things on there regarding food allergies, some videos, some blogs, as well as providing therapy services for kids, families, adults with food allergies, as well as a variety of other things that make um, individuals anxious or um, Mm -hmm. great trauma. And I'll make sure I have all those links in the episode notes. So if people want to connect with you, they can uh, find a link to do that. So thank you so much, Fawn. Thanks so much for joining me today um, so that we could share these important tips to help people managing the anxiety around food oral oral food challenges. Um, I really hope listeners find these tips helpful. And thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. 
In fact, I'd love to hear from you on how your oral food challenges have gone. And if you've tried any of these tips or you have any other tips to share, so you can connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, my handle for both are at therapist Tamara, and I'll make sure that the show notes have a link to Dr. Fawn's um, social media handles so that you can connect with her and share as well. So thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes and share this podcast with others who might enjoy it too. Until we connect for the next episode, be good to yourselves and take care. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Exploring Food Allergy Families. Be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss future ones. And if you're looking for an allergy-informed behavioral health care provider or for additional resources on any of the topics discussed in these podcasts, visit the Food Allergy Counselor directory and website at www.foodallergycounselor.com.